0: Welcome to the year we started a podcast, a podcast where we like to kick back uh, and enjoy some... Well, nope. Man, I haven't messed... Nick, I tell you what, I haven't messed up an intro in a long time and I'm going to keep this... You've been good. You've been I, good. I've
1: been good, and I wanted to work kickback in because it has been a while. Uh, I was I was literally just thinking that I was going to say I am your your kickback nick. Yeah, it's yeah, like, you know,
0: to to harken back to the old days when you also messed up intros. No, I I'm going to also mess this intro up, but nonetheless, this is a podcast that is born phoenix like from the ashes of last year's podcast. I am your co-host Jeff,
1: and I'm your other co-host
0: Nick. And this is our <laughs> this is our podcast where we kick back uh, and enjoy uh, talking about some things that are fun and interesting us, despite being half a continent apart. Nick. Yes. Despite absolutely changing our intro, I have some things to talk to you about that I feel like, well, okay, let, let, let's level set here. Uh, narwhals, as a noun, means things to different people. Uh, what is your knowledge level of narwhals? And, like, any, um, anything
1: that you might have that might be interesting for the podcast here. Okay. Narwhals are mammals that have horns. I'm pretty sure that they're mammals. Mm-hmm. And they live in the water. Mm-hmm. And the the video game Starwall was really funny and fun.
0: Okay. I've tried to place
1: this in my memory.
0: <laughs> Were you in Kansas when we played Starwall yeah. together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we played. We played <laughs> I was For hoping- some reason,
1: somebody, somebody had to make a, a run to GameStop, which, like, I, I say that, like, oh had to make a run like there's some pressing thing and i think that we, we were stuck there for like 20 minutes or something and you me <laughs> uh and a couple of our other guy friends were like playing star wall and then i got i was all in i was like this is the best this is really fun and uh yeah yeah okay so
0: i, I may have to reorder our show notes to talk about gamestop right after this because this actually does tie right into <laughs>
1: right into the GameStop Fair.
0: thing okay
1: I I couldn't well, no wonder GameStop's doing so well, dude. They have Starwall available for <laughs> frigid, Starwall. R- their stores. Like what do you want? Yeah, I definitely didn't only buy it on Steam. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry, GameStop. Uh
0: anyways, <laughs> so Narwhals, Nick, I and I, I we probably I probably figured this out back in 20 whatever whenever you were in Kansas and we were playing uh Starwalls <laughs> uh at GameStop. <laughs> I, for the vast majority of my life, with maybe a short respite in the middle there where I realized it after this game was released, but I quickly returned to this state. I didn't realize that narwhals
1: were real animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. I think I'm laughing, but like, I think I'm laughing because it's very re- they're they're the unicorns of the of the whale they or are. whatever, right? Of like, like a blubbery and like <laughs> blubbery sea creatures mixed
0: with with right uh, and like, you know, unicorns are horses with horns which are kind of like deer, I guess, or something or elf or whatever. <laughs> but like those are different. Like they don't have just the one horn. And It's not like there's deer and elk of the sea like that are just with their antlers swimming around (laughs) that I know of. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they are. Like, there has been, like, the vast majority of my life. And, and like, to be completely honest, I've – since putting this as our intro topic, I've looked into narwhals and, like, I – I've seen some high quality footage that seems to suggest that they exist, but, but they're real. They're like, real things. Like yeah, they are. They are. Graphic artists these days, Nick. They they could do a lot of good CGI, and I'm not so sure that I'm not being. <laughs> <laughs> are you being
1: gaslit by the entire world about It's yes, About Narwhal. Because <laughs> you know, you know, big narwhal. That's it's the big <laughs> narwhal conspiracy. <laughs> it no, goes all I, the way to
0: the top, Jeff. But like I say that jokingly. I literally did not realize uh that narwhals were a
1: real animal. Um <laughs>
0: and I don't really know exactly where I want to go with
1: this. I did can look Can I up... ask you a favor oh, while we are t- talked about this? I'm sorry. I really didn't want to I don't want to interrupt, but I I do need you to be on this vibe with me. Um in our Discord, can you click on the picture that I just uh I just put there and of course, open Nick. the original? Yes. This is a uh, of a illustration of the smuggest narwhal of all t- is this is the best <laughs> illustration <laughs> we gotta put this in the show notes this
0: is just on wikipedia this is amazing like dude this narwhal is just bragging like, <laughs> he's like he's like, yeah. I-, I don't even need to say anything I got you, a you, horn. you know what you know what <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, so now Uh, that we're vibing on this... Okay, I do want to talk a little bit about narwhals (laughs) and specifically what I think is interesting about them, Uh, but before I do that, is there anything that you can think of, and I'm going to try to drag this out for you as long as possible, Uh, is there anything that you can think of that you did not realize was a real thing or that you had completely misunderstood uh, for way longer than what was probably okay or should have been uh, growing up? Okay,
1: so yes... And I know that there's more better examples out there because I'm I'm a big dum-dum. Mm-hmm. I, I would freely admit that, like, people will sometimes, like, I'll sometimes hear about things and be like, hey, I don't know, how, I don't have a specific example, but I'll, I'll be that person who hears about something that everyone in the world really knows about. Like, oh, yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't have a good example, but I, I'll be the guy that's a, a 29-year-old and hearing about it for the first time. And everyone's like, how do you not hear about this when you're 10? Uh, yeah. Uh, my good, my other good example is uh, actually very related. I didn't think reindeers were a thing until I was like 25. Dude,
0: that's a perfect <laughs> – like that is the perfect
1: comparison.
0: Reindeers I also didn't are think reindeers bleep. were real. They, that have, was from they, the... have,
1: they have red noses and fly. They're bullshit. You can't even – I'm still – I'm pretty sure. I, I have language. Also, <laughs> I'll happily bleep that because I agree. <laughs> I apologize for the language, but also, you can't, I, I'm the still not convinced. I've seen a reindeer in real life, and I'm still not convinced it was actually a reindeer. Talk to me. Tell, tell me about Narwhals. So, Narwhals. Where do you want
0: to go? so uh, have I talked to you, Nick, about how I feel about teeth stuff? Like, uh, like dentistry and like how much I
1: hate going to the dentist. Uh, no, but I'm completely with you. It's like one of the most anxiety-inducing things in the world. Yeah, and like my favorite part about going to the dentist is when I'm making my six-month uh, appointment
0: where I get to talk about the fact that like, hey, you know, what, I'm doing this. I just – I went to the dentist like a couple weeks ago in the beginning of February and I got to say like, oh, man, I got to make this appointment for for August. Oh, I don't I have to go to the dentist till August. That seems so far away. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite part of going to the dentist. Because I, I hate having my teeth touched and ground upon and etc. Like, it's just the whole thought of it. Like, I hate. Oh, man. Everything about that just crin- makes me cringe so hard. Uh, Nick, the horn of a narwhal is a large tooth. I just. What? It's a large tooth. A tooth that can grow 10 foot long. Dude. I don't, I? I don't like it. Oh. I, I, do not, I do not like this at all.
1: I don't like it either. And I also feel really bad for the narwhal because it must be really hard to brush that tooth every night.
0: It, it, I mean, it has to be, especially looking at this picture of this smug narwhal <laughs> smug where he can maybe, maybe reach his eyeballs at best, let alone 10 feet ahead. And I guess it's like really sensitive and so probably like has some sort of uh, benefit in that sense. Uh, they actually... The use of this giant fang, uh, whatever you want to call it, horn or tooth or whatever, uh, is actually fairly unknown. Uh, like, it, they don't use it to hunt, which would be kind of like the obvious thing. Like, if they could go stab a bunch of stuff and, you know, go to Chowtown on it, but that's not really what they do. And they sometimes fight with one another with it, but it's not exactly 100% clear if that's actually, you know, like a mating thing that the, that is the reason why they have it. But nonetheless. Okay they i mean nick it's a 10 foot tooth which these guys can only like the, the males are the bigger ones they can get up to 18 foot long with a 10 foot tooth like nick that would be like you and me having a three foot plus tooth out of the front of our face like that is, <laughs>
1: that is wild <laughs> and like i, mean, I, I gotta thought, tell you that'd be really <laughs> inconvenient like if i decided to stand in line and make like an extra three feet for <laughs> that would be really inconvenient
0: like, I thought I was not a tooth person before now, but, like, I am especially not now. That is, oh, uh, man, I can't even tell you how hard I don't want to even think about that any more than I already have. Nick, okay, we, we have to move on uh, to some, some follow-up. We have actually a few different things uh, from past podcast uh, relevance. So, Nick, this week... I had the pleasure, as many people did, uh, in fact, millions of people, based on the numbers on the live stream, to watch the Perseverance rover land safely on the surface of Mars. It did it. Yes. It did the thing. We did the thing. Oh, my gosh. Nick, it was... uh, I'm so glad that I took the time off uh, to go home and just watch it at home for a couple reasons. One... I got to watch it with my son and my wife, uh, who are by themselves. (laughs) I say this equally to both of them. By themselves would not be, you know, necessarily looking out for this sort of thing. My son, with the excuse that he is four years old, and my wife, with the excuse that uh, not everybody is as big of a nerd as I am, but
1: uh, Uh, they can I tell you that. I was texting my wife about it and she stopped in the middle and said, stop texting me. I have to pay attention to this. And I was like, OK, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you got to watch it with
0: your with your son. No, it, <laughs> he didn't like the thing about it is the thing about four year olds is attention span is a big deal. And
1: uh, hey, really interesting. I, uh, OK,
0: I watched it. We watched it together for an entire hour. And he was very interested in it at first and was interested in talking about how, like, all the things were going to happen. And, like, they had the model of the rover that was out there in Florida that they talked about. And he was really excited to see it. The animation or, or whatever the simulation version of the landing does not really do it for him. And he doesn't really understand the emotional part of all the rest. Uh, since then, we've watched the actual video and he thinks it's super cool. But... Uh, He didn't really get why it was so impactful as it was happening. Right. Um, But no, I. it was one of those things where... Your
1: four-year-old didn't have the cultural context to uh, to place it as an important... yeah, what a jerk. He's probably going to grow up to be nothing. The four-year-old who's also spent a year in court. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
0: (laughs) Um, But no, I... I well first off I'm very glad and honestly a big part of the reason why I took this uh this time off was because of this podcast originally because I thought we were going to do something where we'd talk about it but honestly as it approached quickly I realized like there's no way I'm even going to be able to like focus on anything else other than staring nervously at the screen as it was happening um <laughs> but I I didn't it, it, like and I think I tweeted about this every Every minute that went by, like, my anxiety doubled uh, as we got closer and closer to the surface. And, uh, like, everything that went well was, like, an elation to me. And when we finally landed and everything checked out good, like, it was such an exciting time. I, I talked about crying last week, and I definitely teared up at the the experience. And here's the reason why is because I, as a person who really enjoys space stuff, and Nick, you and I talked about this, but I, I do genuinely believe that a failure in this sense would have set back things that we would have witnessed in our lifetime by a decade or more, because what we were able to prove now is a repeat of what we did back, uh, I think, I you don't know, whatever it was, uh, ten, a decade, give or take a couple years, with, with landing Curiosity, where we effectively used the exact same method with a little bit more advanced tech and had an absolutely flawless landing which means like we're getting to the point where we have what seems to be a reliable way to get to another planet which is just baffling Insane. baffling is exactly right it's freaking nuts and if we're able to do this reliably i mean this is exactly what we need to be able to be possible to send a, a human to mars within our lifetimes or you know potentially even within the next decade or so uh i that that thought had you know slipped into my mind as i was watching this uh, autonomous rover uh gracefully land on the planet of like what would i feel like if this was a a, a person like like I was so emotional about the fact that we were able to do this as, you know, a species, as a country, as a, uh, like just as a people, like it was such a cool thing, but it is an entirely different emotion to think about what it would be like to put an actual person on Mars. And I can only imagine what it would have been like back in the, the late sixties to put a, uh, an astronaut on the moon. Like, Uh, especially given the technological differences of times like that seems almost even more magical that that was even something that was possible uh i wish i could have experienced that turns out i'm not going to be able to go back in time and make that happen Uh, i also think that there's a
1: a level of like emotions are interesting because i think that emotions and uh, experiences are especially emotional and impactful when they are novel and very new and like even though you and i didn't live through the moon landing we know of the cultural impact of the of the moon landing and we know of space travel as a huge uh like cultural touchstone and way that we come together and stuff so you know even though this was an amazing day and like i was incredibly excited even just sitting on my computer alone watching a youtube stream um Mm -hmm. i don't think that it could have the overwhelmingness of just uh novel like what's the word I'm looking for? Like being so unique and novel that the the moon landing did. Uh, but like, it's still freaking amazing. It's still an insane achievement. It's just as much of an achievement in my mind. I don't know.
0: It is. And I mean, that's, that's how kind of I, I frame that is at the end of the day, technically uh, for like, from a technical standpoint, this is something that we have achieved before. Um, there are much more like there are many more things on this mission that will be first but the landing itself was a repeat uh but even that is still such a an uh, and, and I say repeat that's kind of a oversimplification like there were things about this that were special uh but by and large like the general concept was the same as what how we got Curiosity on Mars yep. um but it's it really is the ability to replicate something that we we thought would work a second time that really does bode well for our ability to do more and more in space. And, uh, you know, entertainment in general is an interesting thing. Like there's, you know, there's movies and there's podcasts and there's TV series and etc. But there is nothing to me, and I, I think to many people that are inspired by this sort of thing, especially as something like getting something to uh, another planet or getting a person to another planet and seeing the imagery from that. And like that inspires a generation. And I, I again, I don't, I don't think I am underselling it when I say like this both inspires a generation and sets from a science perspective uh, us in a very good position to be able to do some really cool stuff in the upcoming decade and, and there on. But it, like, every every amount of emotion i thought that i would feel i felt uh it, it, and like it wasn't it it's a funny thing because like you go into something like that and you're like oh man like i've talked about how much i i care about this and i think it's an important thing and i think it's a very cool thing i should feel the way that i feel but at the end of the day you can only control like you know how you feel. like you you i'm sorry i mean i mean to say like you can't control how you feel like the reaction is what the reaction right. is And it, it was what I thought it would be like, I, I genuinely feel so excited for the people that worked on that mission. I'm so happy for them. Uh, you know, given the circumstances of this year, especially, uh, they had to do all of these things, probably a lot remote or in circumstances that they wouldn't have to have done otherwise. Uh, to have it result in a success is just the
1: dang coolest thing ever i completely agree it was it was kind of overwhelming in a way of like just human achievement right i i don't want to you know just repeat what you said but it, it it's kind of kind of overwhelming and kind of impressive on a scale that you don't really think about as as humans coming together at such a large scale and on such a uh monumental and like tangible thing mm-hmm. i know that you know our, so- our society at large has a lot of a massive achievement and uh technology and whatever but it's it's so tangible and visible right there of like we are so we can come together and do such a, an incredible thing so
0: so nick uh as a person who isn't super i should say into it i just mean like uh, as a person who has to follow this all the time what do you think the over under is on a person on mars
1: in the 2020s do you think that's going to be a thing we see? I I would imagine not, right? I mean, I don't think that we... It, it, we haven't had uh, astronauts leave. Uh, I mean, even make it to the moon in, like, in how <laughs> yeah. long? Like, 30 years, 40 years? It's something like that, right? F- so, f- 50, 50 years. 50, yeah. 50 years, yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I imagine not in 2020. I imagine that we are going to get a lot... Like, I also think that tech the way that we have tech and like the amount of remote control that we have on things, it doesn't to me make that much sense to risk it until it's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, this is as a super outsider, not just because I don't follow uh, Mm -hmm. along with all the updates, but just, I can't imagine that you would risk a dangerous mission when you could simply continue to expand your remote missions until it's, you know, absolutely uh, uh, necessary or as safe as it could possibly be
0: what what your your point and i don't know if that is based in things you've heard or just your general observation but that is hundred percent the thing is like uh we are moving more and more to a autonomous society like you know just look at uh vehicles as the example of yep. that but even more so when you're talking about you know <laughs> autonomous vehicles have the advantage of being more safe uh, and we're talking on the scale of you know thousands and millions of people driving. If you only have a handful of astronauts that are capable of going to Mars and trained to go to Mars, it certainly uh, makes sense to make that investment to, you know, if we're ever going to be at a point where we need to send them or want to send them, we probably have a lot of opportunity to do autonomous uh, things right first. <laughs> like the, and like, it's not even from a, because Like, to be quite honest, I don't think it's from a cost perspective that that's a consideration. I think it's more so from a reputational risk. Like, if anything were to go wrong, like, that could totally kill a program. And if something were to – like, if if a Mars rover were to crash into the surface of Mars and explode, that has much less of an impact as if a a manned vehicle explodes on Mars. Right. Like, that, that ends a program versus that maybe sets a program back a decade. Right. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. it's very interesting. I very much look forward to, uh, what the upcoming, uh, things that we get from the Perseverance rover look like. I am dang excited to see that stupid little helicopter guy fly around and, and do As some am I. little giant, uh, uh, drone sized I don't know. The, the whole thing is so dang cool. Uh, but no, I'm very excited to see what that does. And, uh, the whole thing, there's already some really cool imagery out there. Uh, but Nick, uh, perhaps i mean some might argue uh even more important uh apparently there's some <laughs> things to talk about on the
1: Fry's electronics follow uh, i let me just say that even as i put this here i would say zero people in the world would say that this is more important i don't think the Fry's <laughs> ceo thinks that this is more. <laughs> what about okay nick what about our podcast
0: listeners that are not space fans like
1: i feel like there's, there's got to be – there, there has to be a, a subset like, here. There's a listener out there who just is like really invested on fries and <laughs> has no like that's interest. That's how we brought them in. <laughs> it's, it's, like, Space is – we're not going to Mars while I'm alive. Screw Mars. That's that one person. Uh, anyways. Unless it's um, a fries electronics
0: theme uh, at their uh, <laughs> theme the store, in which case I care about it very much. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. So uh, fries well, Jeff,
1: I'm sorry to hear that you care about it very much because – fries cl- closed its doors today and um, oh is, no t- yep closing all locations uh or closed all locations today and f- uh fired basically all staff and it is kind of weird and uh yeah that is the the, the well start that's of the a freaking bummer i know remember like, when this
0: uh, oh man
1: i know so I kind of like a possibility my, but yeah so honestly, when I was researching it, I thought it was more and more likely. And uh, for our uh, listeners out there, I used to once upon a time long ago work at a uh, a an electronics retailer. Uh, actually, two different electronic retailers, but one of them was small, a very uh, small store. Um, and I can tell you that at the time, there was a whole bunch of talk about fries and stuff. And like, as someone who kind of sort of has some semblance of an understanding of stuff that's happening in that industry of like, you know, big box, electronic retailers. There's been writing on the wall for them for some time. They've been uh, declining and they had shut down a couple of stores and I don't think that they'd opened any new stores in a very long time. And uh, if you went to some of their stores as a like shopper, uh, I would go to stores because I consider myself the kind of person who would be a Fry's like, core customer, a mm-hmm. uh, tech enthusiast who wants to go and build my own computers and uh, get upgrades. To, and... to hearken back to our episode on it, uh, the Silicon Valley man. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know me. Silicon Valley man needs my groceries and I also <laughs> needs my motherboards. You know me. oh man but uh but yeah like i went to one and i was like shocked at how little they had in stock and i've seen pictures of them from as far back as like 2018 i think uh while i was researching this of like just empty empty shelves for uh for a couple aisles and yeah well that it is that's sad go go ahead good it is well
0: nope (laughs) there wasn't much more that i was gonna say other than that. Sad.
1: It is, it's, it's kind of a bummer because as a, as that kind of person, I, I don't uh like to attach myself to uh big corporations. I don't think it's a really good outlook on life to be like, oh, I'm a big fan of a big box store. You know, if I mm-hmm. called myself a Fry's fan, that would probably be a bad outlook for me to have, in my opinion. But I do, I did appreciate what they were. They were another competitor for tech. And if it was another outlet to find uh, tech products at a different price or different sales or a different uh, selection than other places, that's always a good thing for us as consumers. And they were also a lot of fun growing up as a, as a nerd. It's like you'd, you'd get, you know, I lived far from a micro center for a long time. So it was like, if you wanted like the cool stuff or like a good processor and you didn't like, you know, Best Buy isn't going to have all of the, the best parts or the biggest selection of core tech stuff, you know, fries was where you'd go. And, it's just a bummer, man. It's it's uh, it's like a little piece of quirky Silicon Valley history just shutting the doors. Okay, so Nick, uh here's the thing. They have some
0: amazing buildings. What, you, you let's say you're you're going you're going to take advantage of this opportunity yep, to pick yep, up all these yep. fries, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a hilarious sentence to say. What <laughs> it's, it's are, like what what what's the
1: what's the opportunity here, Nick? Um, well, there's a lot of I good, re- to... there's a lot of good real estate here. Uh, so let me, let me tell you, um, warehouse sized, uh, escape rooms is my, my, my go-to here. I need like a giant, like hard mode escape room that is very theme centered. <laughs> I need an escape room company that wants to have a big chain of escape rooms all over the country and especially in California. That's like, I could really, really go for, for a rodeo themed, Escape room that took four hours because it's the size of a, of a warehouse. Yo, and that's I'm, what I want. I'm legitimately
0: like I'm trying to think of a better idea, and I think you might have just hit it. Uh, you know, freaking in one right here. I, like if that was I was on the top of the dough.
1: That's uh, a very man. This is a strange moment for me where I actually felt like I, I came up with something creative. But wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't you be into that of like a super sized escape room? Oh uh, man! Like especially like the little alien
0: invasion themed one. Like yeah. you can have multiple <laughs> like zones. Oh man,
1: be so good, Nicholas. Be so good. What are we doing with this podcast? I I don't know. Let's let's just start looking into uh, business loans for. Uh... <laughs> for our new our new venture. Uh, you know what? Uh, you 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 let me know how it goes.
0: I'll I'll listen from oh. afar. Oh Oh, oh. man. <laughs> have you, okay. Uh, have you done escape rooms much? Um, a couple. I've done I've like done, five I've or a, six. Yeah. Well, a couple, five or six. Uh, you know, as the, as they say, a couple. Yeah, you know, five or six. That,
1: that I should have said a few. What uh, What do you feel like is the right number of people for an escape room? Um, I think that the most fun I had. So I, I say like a few and everything. The reason I had done so many is, um, I had one, I had a, a, place that did escape rooms that was like literally like two minutes drive from my house. It was amazing. Oh, nice. um, And so my, my coworkers and I would go do it. And I would say like seven, like six, seven people, oh, man, I feel like it's too many. Do you? Okay. I do.
0: I, and the reason why I say that is, and maybe it's because the type
1: of personality that I am. Um, I feel like... Oh, I already know where this is going, yeah.
0: Well, basically, what I feel like is not good in escape rooms is too many people thinking they know the direction that they ought to go. Like, I feel like you need, like, two people that can kind of butt heads a little bit as far as what is the right way to, like, uh, direct our attention. But otherwise, uh, I feel like if you have more than... I don't know. It feels like that seven people, that's that's an opportunity okay. to be splintered so, off into too many directions.
1: I So, I agree. And I think where you're going wrong here is that you're thinking of seven of us, right? Like... (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) that's the wor- that that would never get it done because i would be holding on to one thing like a, a, a clue thing and like trying to figure out a lock a, a lock a, a combination and it's someone three people would be over my shoulder all telling me that i'm doing it wrong so
0: <laughs> i i will uh, admit i am fully self-aware in the fact that if i was in an escape room with uh, six other copies of myself that i would be the problem <laughs> Right, exactly. exactly. That would be absolutely insufferable.
1: Uh, You and I would be great with five. So like when I did it with my coworkers, we would always go um, late after work. Uh, This place is awesome. It was open until like, uh, or like did stuff as, started stuff as late as like 11 p.m. So it was like really awesome. We would like go get dinner after work and then go to uh, these escape rooms. But the people that I went with were a very good mix of like very social leaders and very like talkative leaders, and then also the really smart people who are very underspoken, you um, know, understated, or you know, or soft spoken. I should there's a the mm-hmm. word. Not the overly talkative person. So the nice thing was like you'd you'd only hear. Uh, you know robert when he was like when he had figured out a puzzle and otherwise he wouldn't push everybody to like guys we got to figure out this this thing everybody look <laughs> around for no, no, no. you just be like robert be like i got i got something here dude uh, you need the the code there's a the code and you'd be like robert coming in cr- clutch and like i had a good mix of that with my group uh, that i would do stuff with and uh maybe that's coloring my my uh thought process but you're totally right i think if you did like four people who are all kind of talkative and kind of loud like how you and i are that like you'd probably be just as fine right you'd be better uh, better off than going too many of the like, of too my, many loud people.
0: one of my favorite escape room memories uh was uh we were doing a thing it was a work thing as well um <laughs> and one of the people with us literally just brute forced a lock like just guessing numbers uh, <laughs> and like my skipped decade. like a good half of the thing <laughs> which oh, is like no. the most uh, like you could like cuz i we were getting some random hints cuz we were struggling a little bit uh from the people that were running the thing uh but once we brute forced the lock that skipped half the thing uh we got no more hints uh jerks
1: uh, so out. uh my my best escape room memory is that we went to one of these like really late ones that was like 11 uh and uh none of us were drunk like genuinely not drunk like but we'd had dinner with drinks right so right. like we'd had and uh, one of the people that we were there with who is actually probably the most talkative person that we were there with was holding a uh, like a sheet of paper that had hints and stuff. But it was like a pattern hint. And the, uh, like, I think it was like that we had to align shapes and something in a certain way. I can't remember the exact details. But the reason we say is that someone, uh, like after like ten minutes of not getting this right while he was trying to tell us this, is uh, the the per, the I don't know the, the person who's running the escape room and who's telling you your hints called over the loudspeaker. He's like, "I don't count this as a hint, but you're holding the map upside down." <laughs> <laughs> and we just bl- we just like basically were like, "Okay, the, the little drunk out here I just can't even keep no, the map. That's <laughs> awesome. Yep so man speaking of
0: holding the the map upside down um so nick back in the day uh when we first started this podcast i had this brilliant idea that i thought was going to you know really set a a standard amongst podcasts where we were going to talk about a stock from that week and i was going to buy the stock that you chose out of the two choices and we're going to see how it went the best
1: the best segment
0: yeah and which which is really funny because like back uh well not back looking at it like I figured it out very quickly like the week or two after. Uh, <laughs> turns out there are other podcasts that do that, and they are way smarter about it than we are. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't uh, going to be a particularly long lasting bit. Uh, however, I still am interested in stocks and such, and it's been a very interesting time for stocks and such. Uh, has it? Yeah. Has, has there been, been weird stock
1: stuff happening in
0: 2021? Nick, I I want you. I want, you, I want you to give me the re the rundown
1: of Guess. what has happened with gamestop this this past uh game game just a, just uh so, so i haven't been following any of the, the more recent updates with it uh but as far as i know gamestop's just a real good stock you should just have some of that <laughs> is what you should do yep. and um, uh same thing with amc Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, with AMC. Okay.
1: And so, I, I, so I I know that um that uh GameStop sh- stops had been uh shorted to like an ex- absurd extent, and so uh this the Wall Street what is it Wall Street Bets subreddit uh, on, uh decided that they could effectively uh get an insane return on their investments by buying up a bunch of stocks and holding off on selling them for a while and whatever yep, else. Exactly.
0: I mean, that is an oversimplification and yeah, yeah. I, remains I, I, to be I the made.
1: case. But,
0: and, and I don't mean to say that uh, like derogatorily. Like I, I also can't really explain it all that much better than what you just did. Uh, what happened was very unprecedented and it's been very interesting because uh, since then there was a house hearing where the guy that kind of started the whole, uh, GME thing on the Wall Street's, uh, Wall Street bet subreddit, uh, testified, which was a very weird Reddit exp- Like to see somebody that is a random, uh, yeah, famous Reddit person. Reddit-
1: occasionally reddit leaks its way into the real life and it's it's not okay and I, it's never good it's i i didn't actually follow that uh i knew that he was going to testify but i i didn't even follow that he had to testify i think Sorry, he ahead.
0: absolutely freaking killed it not from like just yeah. like a reddit meme perspective i think he genuinely did a really good job uh very um, cool it I'll have was to watch it. yeah you have to check it out i have been doing stock stuff more uh like just kind of as a hobby here recently and so I was willing to do some stuff uh, on our podcast talking about stock things, and it turned uninteresting pretty quickly, and so we cut it from the show. However, that was all predating AMC and GameStop uh, <laughs> shenanigans. And I, have I even caught you up on, like, do you know where this is, like, where I am at with this? No. Okay. So <laughs> I am Do you very- have AMC
1: stock? Or uh, I assumed you, did, you didn't get it on, on GME at the time, right?
0: Okay. Let's talk
1: about this. Yeah.
0: I am fairly risk averse, but I am interested in, <laughs> in phenomenons. So, uh, I did invest in both GME and AMC after their peak, but before they were as low as what they are now. Uh, So let's talk about GameStop first. So I was originally interested in potentially getting in on the absolutely ridiculous thing that was the stuff that was going on in Wall Street Bets um, back when GameStop was like 40 bucks a share. I decided not to because I only – like – if you go back and listen to it, like I'm only making $50 bets anyways. I have other things that I think are better things long term. That's actually what I'm doing this for. But it was an interesting thing because it was a big deal. And I, this is the most i paid attention to week to week on stocks and stuff. And uh, so I didn't do anything then. And then GME exploded and went up to $400 a share. And then came back down to 90 uh, which is where I bought in at. So now you know where I'm at. Um, okay. and so I bought in at $90 thinking like, yeah, maybe maybe it's not quite over yet. Maybe it'll bounce back. It did not. It went back down to $40, uh, which is where I was originally thinking it was going to go. Uh, or where I was originally thinking about buying in. And I had lost uh, 50%-ish, uh, a little bit more. Oof. Oof. Uh, I did basically the exact same thing with AMC with the exact same result. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, man. That's a bummer. Um, however, so this is why I wanted to mention it. And this is why you should never do this sort of thing. GameStop was a stock that I bought, and I lost fifty percent on. Basically, like honestly, Nick, it happened in about like like four hours. <laughs> 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 like, it, I, maybe maybe it was overnight. I don't know, but uh, nonetheless, like it was, it, it didn't it didn't go well very quickly. So, uh, but I held it. Like, I didn't want to sell it my whole like there's a whole like lots of memes and stuff like that my whole thing was (laughs) i went off this crazy roller coaster the second that i'm even close to positive or break even i just went off so i've held this entire time today uh gamestop uh, they fired their cfo yesterday or today and they hired a new cfo or going to or whatever uh it caused the stock to explode again i don't know if you've seen this or not Um, i have not it got up to like eighty dollars, or something like that, and then they halted trading on it because it like it had exploded so quickly. And I'm like eighty dollars. That's that's pretty close to ninety. I just like I said, I went off this crazy roller coaster. So I submitted a a sell that didn't get executed for like twenty or thirty minutes because of just all the trading that was happening. And it turned out. It didn't execute until it had then uh, jumped another ten dollars. So Damn. I actually made—I basically broke even. I actually made like a, a few bucks or whatever. Nice <laughs> on a game. So, but anyways, I was very happy to break even. However, Nick, after after my trade executed within twenty minutes, it literally doubled in price. <laughs> Wait, what? It doubled what? in price literally minutes after I sold. <laughs> Jeff, I'm looking at this. That's insane, Jeff. Yeah. So uh, worked out. I got off the roller coaster at the very
1: beginning of the ride. Apparently at 4:05 p.m. it was $86. At 4:50, it's hey, you know, what? I'm uh, 185. Uh, Jeff, yeah. what peaked at 185? It went up $100 in 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. What, Jeff?
0: Well, if you want to find a better place to spend some money other than dumb stocks that lose their value by 50% as soon as you buy them, you should really check out Santa Cruz Mountain Essentials. They have awesome clothing. Uh, both my wife and myself uh, have a couple pieces, and we love them. Uh, they, uh, In addition to having awesome clothes, though, they donate 10% of each sale to a nonprofit, such as uh, Friends of Santa Cruz State Parks. And if that wasn't enough, they also partner with One Tree Planted, which means every uh, purchase will result in a tree being planted out uh, to support reforestation, uh, which is pretty awesome. It's nice to know that the company supporting us is doing so much other good out in the world. You should go check them out at scmessentials.com. And you can use Tywis app to save 10% at checkout. That's T-Y-W-S-A-P at checkout to save 10%. And you should also go give them a, a follow on uh, Instagram. Uh, to to keep up to date on any new releases they may have. Uh, but yeah, thank you Santa Cruz mountain essentials for supporting our show. So Nick, uh, have, so in talking to you, like, I know like you have some sort of experience with like kind of well-known people that you're, uh, acquaintances with. Yeah. Um, I've had the experience now of having a person that I was an acquaintance with that has become fairly well-known in kind of a weird way. Uh, in your experience though have like like i said like you've kind of known people that are well known but like have you known people before and after they've become well known or is that yes Oh so i've okay
1: uh, yes but not at like a very a very big scale so the most famous person person or people that i should say that i've ever known i knew after they were famous and then i've known some people who had like a moderate amount of fame like if you you or if you um Brought him up to the right people who are super connected to that scene or whatever that they would know him for sure, but that otherwise may not have. Um, like, well, like oh, I'll, I'll just spell out I, I've known a couple of um D1 college athletes before they were D1, uh, including one who was uh, a relatively successful quarterback uh, at the college level, and I knew him as a middle schooler. And uh, wait, really? Yeah, I'll yeah. cut it out, but uh, who, who do you know? Uh, well, he's, he's not famous anymore, but his name's, I think he actually plays in the CFL now. Who did he play um, for at college? He played for for like a year. And then, so he was really famous at the high school level. Um, like after I, like kind of after I knew him, he was my neighbor. Um, and I, so I, I've known him or I, in he's like two years younger than me or two grades younger than me. Okay. So I knew yeah. him, uh, I used to play basketball with him and it, uh, he'd come over and play basketball on my, uh my hope out front, but he was really successful in high school, but he didn't get playing time on <laughs> because like the guy who was a year ahead of him or whatever became like really good. So he bounced around between different colleges, um, trying to get a fit. Um, but yeah, I knew him before and after. And I like had this weird, like we, uh, we like saw each other again in summers at like in the first two summers after he went to college. And he was like, it was kind of weird because like everyone in my hometown talked about him all the time. Um, and then I knew a, uh, a guy who played at uh, UC Irvine, which is not like big or anything, but I used to play basketball with a guy who went on to play at UC Irvine and uh, was a starter there. So like, you know, if you were Dude, this connected is crazy.
0: To... So uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking up hey, the friend. guy. Uh, the reason why he got the shaft was because
1: he played behind <laughs> He was the number one overall pick uh, in Oh, yeah, There you go. See, that's what I'm saying. Is like he it was like he was supposed to be this really highly touted recruit, and he was expecting to like play a ton, and then it just kind of never happened. Like, and I like I I talked to him when he was, uh, or like one of the times that I like kind of reconnected with him was when he was like considering transferring, and it was like super sad because he had been this insanely successful athlete. He's a really nice kid, but it's also, like, he, he he became a really nice kid, but it's really funny because he used to bug the crap out of Jordan and I, and, like, it's really, really funny. He cried playing touch football with Jordan and I out front when when I was, like, 14, 15, and, like, I had to do this whole, like, apology thing to him, and, like, my parents got involved. Like, they thought that, like, we were bullying him or something, oh, and man. I promise you that wasn't the case. And then, like, three years later, I'm out of college, uh, high school, and it's, like, oh yeah the the neighbor kid yeah well anyways he's a he's a he's absolutely crushing it and he's like it's like okay when i reconnected with him he was a great kid but it was so weird to think of a kid who cried playing touch football and not really falling uh then getting sacked by like freaking college linebackers and like yeah. you know like what do you I, I don't know it's like a really stark contrast but really really nice guy really nice guy
0: yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. Same, I mean, same sport. Like uh, playing against Jordan Phillips, who uh, got drafted by the Dolphins and has gone on different teams and done some pretty good defensive line stuff. Who I blocked uh, when I was a <clears throat> a senior. He was a he was a freshman my senior year in high school. Uh, I played tight end. He played defensive end slash defensive tackle. So I blocked him a lot, and he was super lazy and a total bum. But you told me that,
1: and then he ends a- up being
0: absolutely gifted as an athlete. Though, like, uh, could I mean, st- st- at least last I checked, could still do a backflip, uh, standing backflip, in pads at three hundred and whatever forty pounds he is, which is just like doesn't even seem like that should be possible. <laughs> oh my god! But no, so no. What I what I have had the experience of here over the past year. Uh, mostly over the pandemic is where it's kind of taken off is a person who was actually uh, funnily enough. I hadn't even thought about this until just now. I got an offer to go play uh tight end at a uh, private college in Kansas. And it was going to cost an arm and a leg uh, to go actually go do that uh, because private colleges are expensive. Turns out and our local college, even with a, the partial uh, uh, scholarship doing football, would have still have been significantly more than what I would have paid just at the local college. So right. uh, uh, the, 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 my connection to that school, the quarterback was a quarterback for me uh, two years older than I was. So I would have been a sophomore when he was a senior. So we knew each other. I wasn't super good back then when I was a sophomore, but like we definitely knew who each other were. Long way to say. Not super close or anything like that. Friends on Facebook, know who each other are, uh, could pick each other out of line lineup, friends and whatever. He ended up being a PE teacher. Uh, however, <laughs> this past year, he has became a very famous TikTok person. Oh, interesting. To the extent that, like, uh, so Shaq bought him and all his uh, uh, class
1: pizzas uh, what? that's sick so wait like, I saw wait that was him that's that's super I, I saw the, the Shaq story on Reddit uh, no way I didn't yeah, even know yeah, he was yeah. on Reddit for this oh my god yeah I'm pretty sure I'll find the thread for you I'll find this. but I think it was on thread I, I assume it was on Reddit that's where I get most of my NBA news because I'm boring um, but yeah
0: yeah so got, uh, got pizza from Shaq for his class this week he's going to be on uh, the Dr. Oz show uh, with him and his wife, which, you know, not going to necessarily endorse everything that Mr. Oz has to say, but oh, yeah, like, whatever. you know what? If, if Mr. Oz wants to have us on the show, not going to say that I would say no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a rigging endorsement for It's yeah. a great pitch. <laughs> yeah please i i take it all back mr oz um but no no, no. like it, it's just it's very interesting to see a person who like i was casually an acquaintance with and continue to be like uh, like he's a good guy and like i i would 100 percent expect nothing less like he's just a good person uh yeah. but to see him in a in the time of a year go from a nobody who Would have been the person that would have been throwing me passes at Friends University to uh, a person who then turned into a PE teacher who then turned into a TikTok sensation is very, very strange. That's super cool. I don't even know how to – because like you see that happen with people that you potentially follow. I mean just by the nature of the fact that you follow them. Like there's YouTube people that you are interested in. There's podcast people that you're interested in um like all those people have had that sort of thing happen to them but it always kind of feels like that happens in an alternate universe where that always is going to happen to them right right whereas this person very well could just have been a a pe teacher for forever you know it's it's very weird
1: i i uh so i completely agree to me this was just somebody i knew that was just like part of my my town and part of my like you know you know, you expect them to go up and have a normal job and a normal life with normal things, and then at some point in time, you're just like, I'm sorry, excuse me, they're they're what now? They're who? They're it's, it's they have this weird. notoriety and fame, and that's yeah, yeah. Have you ran into famous people? Being that you live
0: out there in good old California.
1: Uh yeah, um well like sort of um think I moved to Southern California right before the pandemic, so I didn't have that long of a time. Uh, I don't really even know if I told you this story, but um. I saw Kobe out with his his kids like four days before he died. Uh, Freak, super super surreal. And um, you know, I to, on the humanizing thing, I uh, I grew up with somebody uh, with a friend who had a who had a dad who was famous. Um, and his dad, uh, it was it was really kind of like a hard thing sometimes, not always, but sometimes where like he'd be trying to have a normal day out watching a baseball game with his kids and mm-hmm. people would be harassing him or not harassing him so not harassing is too strong of a word but people a bunch of people would be trying to get a minute or two of his time and when it's 100 people doing that all of a sudden right. you don't have your day out with your kid right so i saw kobe out with his kids at a like little koi pond that's uh kind of near here and uh he was like just playing with his kids and his daughters were like laughing at the, the koys in the pond and i just like kind of had to not say anything because i was like i can't go har- harass this guy and take away a sweet moment with his kids just to tell him like hey i too am one of the 400 million people who's a fan of you <laughs> so yeah um other than that I, I don't have any good celebrity spotting moments when i uh when i didn't live in california i'd always everybody would always ask me if i you know do you just know all these actors no how come <laughs> He lived in California. Uh, <laughs> but no I, no good celebrity spotting other than that.
0: I I feel like I, I – because I do have one kind of funny story, but I do feel like, uh, you know, we'll let we'll, Kobe like, we have his space here. I think that's fair and a good thing. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be – I didn't mean no, to bring a – No, no it's, on it. it's good. And, you know, with the stuff going on with uh, Tiger Woods this week and all the other things, like – we are lucky to have the sports heroes that we do. And Kobe is chief among them to have a, a suitable ending to our podcast this week. Like, There's, there's nothing I can say that is, uh, that gives justice to, to what that guy deserves. We've been very, very fortunate to have a lot of people, uh, enjoy our show and reach out to us and talk about the, the fact that they enjoy our show. Uh, if you do want to reach out to us, uh, you can uh, – so first off, I will say finding topics every week is not the easiest thing in the world. If you have something that you think would be interesting, please, please, please feel free to uh, shoot us an email at taiwasap uh, at <laughs> like I, I'm more and more thinking that that should be a thing that we uh, suggest to people. As yeah, a way fun. to support our show, because like you know, we we think we have things that are fun and interesting. But if you have things that you think are fun and interesting, it probably is fun and interesting to the other people that listen to the show. And I love learning about new things that are going on, uh, or new or old things
1: that have gone on. There's a lot of lot of fun, interesting things out there. It's hard because uh, so, so some of my favorite topics we've done here have been times where I've kind of been outside of my usual sphere of uh mm-hmm. consumption or like knowledge and when i've gotten to step out and be like oh my god i learned about this you know um the uh man i forgot his name already um the the last hermit or whatever uh the north woods or north lake hermit uh i believe it was the name wow i've already forgotten i also so, have forgotten it yeah i have just good job this episode like four days ago I
0: feel
1: right so bad. but like We're so but, good say, yes whoever he was yes but at the same time, like that, that was an interesting story because it it kind of gra- is not in my usual wheelhouse of things, and so the hard thing is that it's hard to constantly find things that are fun and interesting outside of your usual wheelhouse. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, if anyone has any suggestions, I am I would love to expand my horizons and hear your suggestions.
0: Yeah, and I think I will take that as the uh, the point of action for this week. Um, if you have anything that you think would be a fun thing to discuss email us at tywisap at gmail.com uh, obviously as usual you can follow us at uh, anywhere you can follow people other than snapchat at tywasap. Uh and our we, we really appreciate our patrons we have a patreon only podcast that we record directly uh, preceding this one where we just talk about some of the things that are going on in our life and uh, just things that we find interesting, much less, uh, prepared, if you can believe it or not, uh, than this <laughs>
1: podcast, slightly uh, different tone, a little more off the cuff, right? Yeah.
0: A little more off the cuff and just willing to take it wherever the conversation goes. It's literally, uh, my excuse to talk to Nick about things just on a friend level. He doesn't know that. Uh, so don't tell
1: him. I, I couldn't pick that up from the, from the way that the last three conversations have gone. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, for those that are patrons, we
0: super appreciate you. Uh, we we hope that you enjoy our extra episode. If you have anything that you would like uh, to to bring up to us, or things that you would find interesting to talk about, we will. I like. I will give you the commitment. If you're a Patreon supporter, we will find a way to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk
1: about on yep. the show. Uh I, I will make uh, at least, oh, for, God. Now, what, oh, at least God. for now. At least for now, I can make that one commitment. of our. One of our patrons is someone that you sh- is a friend of ours that you should not extend that promise to. That's not fair.
0: <laughs> I,
1: I guess okay,
0: sure. I you know what? You're right. I, I extend that to people that
1: I you know what, actually how, how do no, I Don't dig don't dig do yourself I, a how hole. How do I finish this in, Nick? No, don't don't dig yourself a hole. Let's just uh <laughs>
0: I just extend drop. the opportunity to consider the things that you share above all else. However, what? I still uh, I still retain uh the uh, executive authority to yeah, uh, I like it. just because you may think it's a good idea doesn't mean it is. Uh, so, <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> anyways nick I, I appreciate you taking the time to pod with me thank you everybody for listening um yep. and, you're welcome
1: uh, <laughs> you're, you're welcome this year as this has been the year we started the podcast <laughs> thank you for listening it wouldn't be anything if i didn't watch
0: the intro on the outro